Welcome to Working Girl Talk, the podcast for working women, where each week we cover the latest headlines the businesswoman needs to know about, and we chat to boss women making an impact in their industry. I'm your host, Abby Zufeld. Welcome to episode 66 of Working Girl Talk. How are you doing? We are at the end of August, everyone, which is crazy. If you haven't today, remember to take a deep breath and smile because you've made it this far. We've made it this far. So we are almost in September, which is crazy. The year has gone by so fast. And Working Girl Talk is sending love, thoughts, and prayer to anyone who's going through a hard time right now. We have a lot of unrest, and also we have some weather and hurricanes going on, so sending lots of love to everyone. And I am super excited about today's episode with Janelle Lene. It will definitely be a little confidence boost I know we all need. Before we get into that, remember, if you haven't yet, to review Working Girl Talk in whatever app you're listening in. Just leave a little review, what you think about the show, and remember to subscribe. Now, let's dive into this week's business headlines for the working woman. Let's do this. First up... Guess who is the new business throwing their hat into the TikTok bidding arena? Walmart. I don't know why this makes me laugh. We are very invested in the TikTok saga around here at Working Girl Talk, so you know we had to talk about this. So on Thursday morning this week, Walmart confirmed it was teaming up with Microsoft in a bid for TikTok, which we've already have talked about this bidding going on for TikTok to get a U.S. owner. So while TikTok, the app, is nearing an agreement to sell its U.S., Canadian, Australian, and New Zealand operations in a deal that's likely to be $20 billion to $30 billion. So in that range, sources say. It was interesting because a few hours later after um, CNBC gave even more scoop on this, saying Walmart originally wanted to be the majority owner of TikTok, but the U.S. government demanded a technology company that could secure the company's data be the lead investor. So Walmart was actually in a consortium with Google Parent Alphabet, so that they own Google, before switching into a partnership with Microsoft when it became clear that they wouldn't be able to lead the deal. Like Walmart couldn't be the lead person. So they were like, oh, we're just going to team up with Microsoft. So TikTok, and as I'm saying this, maybe TikTok has already decided, or I guess as you're hearing this, because TikTok is set to choose between Microsoft, Walmart, or a bid from Oracle in the next 48 hours. So maybe by the time you're hearing this, they've already made a decision, but there's a little bit of background. CNBC reported Walmart is pursuing the acquisition when it's trying to better compete with Amazon and more tech-focused brands. So it's Walmart is actually trying to launch a membership program called Walmart Plus soon. It's going to be a subscription-based service similar to what Amazon Prime is. So Walmart is, you know, they're trying. And if they get the TikTok deal, Deal, they'll be in a good spot and also uh, the tiktok ceo quit this week so lots of news going on for tiktok next story which relates back to microsoft we are saying goodbye to the 25 year old browser internet explorer internet explorer is going away everybody so uh, this past week microsoft announced that they were getting rid of internet explorer in august 
2021. So we still have some time if you still use that. So Microsoft Edge will replace Explorer. And I guess you just won't have to worry about testing it. Like if you do emails, you won't have to worry about testing the view in Internet Explorer. And so you just won't have to worry about that anymore. But kind of the end of an era that reminds me of the 90s. Yeah. (laughs) Next story. Online sales are up more than 31% in just three months. According to TechCrunch and CNBC, all thanks to the pandemic. So reports released by the U.S. Department of Commerce this past week revealed that e-commerce sales across the country have grown more than 30% in only three months due to the coronavirus pandemic during the second quarter of the year. $211.5 billion have been spent online, which is up 31% from last quarter. Lots of online shopping going on and why this is important, just to know like if you do have the idea for a product or an e-commerce shop or you have a website with a shop on it, like now's the time. So get to advertising, get to making those sales because people are online shopping these days and I don't think that trend is going to stop for a while. Forever. And last story of the day, so Chrome, Google Chrome, their internet browser, will actually soon let you know if a web form is unsecure. So Google, according to Engadget, is stepping up their efforts to ensure that Chrome users will have their information protected when they're putting data into web forms that aren't secure. Beginning in their M86 version of Chrome, the browser will start to flag forms that show they are secure on HTTPS pages but cannot be verified as being secure when the forms are submitted. So as we know, your HTTPS shows that you have an SSL certificate on your website. So if you've ever typed in a website and it's HTTP versus HTTPS, we want that S, we want that secure. So if your website doesn't have it, make sure an HTTPS. But here they're going to the extra step of if your form is being submitted to a site or they can't verify that that's going to be an HTTPS too, they're going to flag it. So make sure that you are secure and make sure your forms are secure so we don't get any flags. And now time for our interview. I'm so excited for this interview with Janelle Lene. We actually met over Instagram and she's awesome. I was on her podcast two weeks ago and I'll share the link on that one too. If you haven't listened to it yet, she's super awesome and it's so fun. So Janelle is the founder of Next Level Confident. She helps self-conscious women become self-assured. She started Next Level Confident because she was a personal trainer that everyone called their therapist. She decided to create a program to improve her client's confidence mindset instead of simply just their body. Now she can change her client's lives from the inside out. In this episode, we talk about Janelle moving to California, not knowing anybody and just going for it, the limiting beliefs we tell ourselves, and sometimes they're even just the lies we tell ourselves and how can we combat those. Janelle has a great perspective on this because she has struggled with this a lot in her life. And she even talks to us about boosting confidence specifically in job interviews, which I'm very excited because that's totally working girl talk style, right? So please welcome Janelle to Working Girl Talk. Well, I am so excited for today's guest. We have Janelle Lene with us today on Working Girl Talk. Welcome to the show, Janelle. Thank you so much for having me, Abby. I'm pumped to be here. We are so excited to have you and you guys can't see it, but she has some great cheetah on. We're feeling the fierceness. The vibes is a good time. (laughs) Before we start, I would love if you could just give like a brief intro, like who you are and what you do. Yes. So thank you guys for everyone listening right now. I 
Um, I'm Janelle Lene, and I own a company called Next Level Confident, and I go into corporations and teach women how to build confidence in the workplace, and I specifically work with women in STEM, so science, technology, engineering, and math, although, of course, I get hired for other type work, and I also do confidence coaching for women, and so what that really looks like is diving into limiting beliefs and the things that are holding a woman back from getting the things that she really wants out of life. So sometimes that is career, though a lot of times I do focus on work-life balance and relationships, communication, and, and most importantly is relationship with self. And it sounds, you know, cheesy or woo-woo or whatever, but self-love, that is what it comes down to. And that's really important. I love it. And that is exactly like why we are here on this show. I can feel everyone's ears are probably like, oh, oh, what? Like right when you said that. So we have a perfect guest on today. So before we dive into some specifics and some tips and tricks that we're going to get to with you, I would love to hear a little bit more about your career journey. Like how did this even happen? I know you have a really interesting story. So how do you even get into coaching? Like what did you want to be when you grew up, I guess, when you were like a teenager? <laughs> Ooh, oh, I love that question. <laughs> I actually wanted to be Mary-Kate and Ashley. So <laughs> I thought I had a twin out there. I was like, mom, I need you to tell me, am I going to meet my twin at camp this year or will I not? And she was like, no, honey, you still don't have a twin. I'm like, no, I do. I wanted to be a twin, I guess, and Mary Kane actually. But um, in all seriousness, I I grew up honestly. I, I I didn't think a whole lot about my future. Like when I was really little, I I dreamed of a lot of the normal things. I was like, I want to be a movie star, or I want to be an actress, or I want to, which I guess is the same thing. And I want to be a singer. And I liked the stage. I like I always liked that. But it was more into my teenage years where you really are supposed to start thinking about what you want to do where I think I shut down and I stopped really dreaming very big. I think a lot of us do that. We start to think very realistically. And for me, some of my backstory is, uh, it's very vulnerable and I'll keep it somewhat brief, but I struggled with a lot of depression and anxiety. And I actually wouldn't have told you that at the time. I didn't label it as that, but I was like crying a lot and really feeling like I wasn't special or I wasn't needed here on earth. And so I did start to toy with the idea of taking my life. And I never got too close to actually doing it because I, I knew from a logical standpoint, that's really bad. You're not supposed to do that. But there was this part of me that really wanted to, to have people miss me. I wanted people to notice that I was missing. And I wanted that for my parents. I wanted that for kids at school. I wanted that for the kids at church. I didn't feel like I fit in into any one group. So I, I created a story that I was an outsider. And so with that story being the underlying tone a lot of a lot of my teenage years, I actually ended up crafting this very subconscious lie that I was going to die in a car accident in my mid-20s. So it's kind of crazy. And at the same time, as I've shared this more and more, I, I know I'm not alone in thinking that death is maybe our destiny. There, there's something weird about it that feels, at least for me at that time, felt like it was a part of the drama of my life or a part of maybe me doing good for the world by dying or, or something like that. It was very, it's very twisted. And so because I thought a lot about death, 
I didn't think a whole lot about my actual life. And I didn't think about making real plans for my future. And I was spinning my wheels a lot. It was kind of like, okay, I'll just go through the motions and do what I know I'm supposed to do. But I don't, it doesn't really matter. Because my core belief was that my life didn't really matter. So uh, that, that was going on most of high school and college, which is kind of the formative years where you're supposed to choose what you want to do. And so not only was I not dreaming all that much, I also was basically just spinning my wheels and waiting for my end date to come. So fast forward, if you knew me, you wouldn't know that because no one knew that. It was kind of just inside of me. I told a very few amount of people. Everyone I told thought I was, you know, people reacted pretty weird. So I, I, start, I decided not to tell people. Um, it was too dark for a lot of people to handle. And so I was going through all the motions. I went to college. I wanted to be an interior designer at first. And I did that for once one year and I didn't make it into the program. And then I, I found out the day before I had to, cre to create my schedule for the next year. And so I was like, oh crap, well, I guess I'll do hospitality management because I had worked in the restaurant industry. So I knew about that. And so I chose that thinking maybe I'll be like a wedding planner or an event planner of some kind. And yeah, so I did that as my major. I graduated with a, a major in hospitality and a minor in business. And I worked in the restaurant industry. I worked, I mean, I had worked every job under the sun. I've been a nanny. I've been a floral designer. I've been a wedding planner. I've been, I've worked tech companies. I've done a lot. And I just would shift every year or two because I kept not being happy with what I was doing. So fast forward to 2014, that's when I graduated from college. And that was around the time when I told my mentors about my, my big lie, the big lie <laughs> uh, that I didn't want people to know. And it came out in front of a husband and a wife that had been mentoring me as a couple from my church actually. And I told them, you guys, this is going to sound crazy, but I think I'm supposed to die in a car accident in a few years. Uh, I think it's like a martyr type thing, blah, blah. And what's crazy is the husband, he said, do you picture everyone coming to your funeral and talking and saying such nice things about you? And I was like, yeah. He's like, do you picture it being a packed house and, you know, there's like an overflow room for your funeral? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I used to think that too. And I was like, what? And I think that in that moment, I was just so free to know that I wasn't crazy. I wasn't the only person who had dark thoughts like that. And then what he said next was, God created you for a purpose and you are not supposed to be planning for death. If you think that that's the martyr thing to do or the good or right thing to do, that's a lie. That is a straight up lie. And the truth is that you really are created for something big and something great. And for whatever reason, I think because he had been there, he had been in that dark place also, I actually believed him for the first time ever. And it was that night that I walked away from that conversation being like, oh my gosh, I can live my whole life. I can do whatever I want with my life. And it was the most freeing moment ever. Like, it's hard to put into words how liberating and how life-changing that one conversation was because I finally was given a permission slip 
to plan for my life instead of planning for my death. And everything changed after that. I had been dating the same guy for six years. I broke up with him because I knew he wasn't my person. I uh, moved to California from Colorado because I had always wanted to live by the beach. And I was like, what am I doing? If I'm living my, if I get to live this life, it's going to be by the beach. (laughs) So I moved to San Diego and then I started to question my career. I'm like, what am I doing? I'd been working at a tech company for a few years. Great company. It was wonderful for when, you know, I didn't care too much about what I did. But when I started to ask myself, if I'm created for a big purpose, for me, it wasn't working at that tech company. That wasn't my calling. For some people, it is. Uh, but for me, I just knew I wanted to do something that was using more of my skill set, which is I love talking to people. And so it wasn't what I was doing in tech. Needless to say, um, when I moved to California, I decided to become a personal trainer because I wanted to help women build confidence in their bodies. And that was a huge step back from the tech company. So I was making good money at the tech company in Colorado. And then I took this, this big move. I didn't have that much in savings. And I really quickly went into debt. And I was working like minimum wage at Orange Theory at the front desk, trying to get my personal training cert. And it was really humbling to take those few steps back. And I always tell people, when you pursue your dreams, sometimes you have to take a few steps back before you can take the steps forward. And you might need to humble yourself, need a little bit of humble pie first, and then you'll be able to pursue your dreams and you'll be able to get so much further in the end. So yeah, I became a personal trainer. I started working at a gym one-on-one and people would always call me their personal trainer slash therapist. And so I realized I, I love mindset and I had been reading all kinds of books and listening to all kinds of podcasts and going to seminars and going to conferences. And I started hiring coaches and a lot of what I've learned as a coach has been hands-on and just doing all this work on myself and realizing the power of my own brain. Um, and so now I love helping women realize the power of their own brain. And, and so, yes, that, that is the whole story right there. <laughs> that was awesome. There is, there's just so much to unpack there. There are so many little things. I want to go back a little bit to that mindset you had, because I think from the sound of it, it sounds like people were kind of like shocked, like, whoa, like what? But if you take a second just to like digest that, I think everybody has a little bit of that, maybe not in that extreme or in that way, but how many lies do we tell ourselves all the time to like make it so we don't have to, oh, I won't go for that job because I'll never get it. Or I won't even try that workout plan because I know I'll never like look the way I want or whatever it may be. Or I feel like that it goes so much more beyond than just that scenario that that could be applied to so many things, which makes me want to go into the topic of self-limiting beliefs because that is something that you work on in your coaching and Um, obviously that's something you've had to overcome. So if somebody does struggle with that, how do they even identify that, that that's even happening? Cause maybe you don't even realize that you're like self-sabotaging yourself. Right. Yeah. We all have limiting beliefs. I mean, to this very day, I have limiting beliefs. And even when you uncover them and you're able to, to say, oh, I have a limiting belief about this. It still takes time to Um, heal that belief and to create a new belief. It doesn't always happen quite as instantly as it did for me that one, that one evening. Um, So 
the way I like to think about it is look at the areas of your life that you are unhappy with, with what's happening. So that could be your relationship, that could be your health, that could be your career, that could be your financial well-being. And if there's an area of your life that's not doing very well, there's probably a limiting belief behind it. So for example, one of my first clients that I had in Next Level Confident when I launched my company two and a half years ago, it was half fitness and half mindset at that time. And so I'd get on the phone with people and talk to them about fitness, and then I would get into their limiting beliefs. So I had one client who was probably about 50 pounds overweight or so, and has been overweight her entire life. And her mom is, I think, new, at least 100 pounds overweight. Um, and then her grandma also is overweight. So she's had this cycle through her family and through the women in her family that show her that her belief was that it's genetics. And the truth of it is, is that only 10% of what someone's physique looks like is genetics. The rest has to do with habits. It was helping her uncover that limiting belief to realize what is the limiting belief. So the limiting belief was my genetics are what's holding me back. So it's giving your power over to an outside source. And then the truth is I am in control of my figure and I get to take action on healthy things. It doesn't matter if I am skinny. It doesn't matter how many pounds I lose. It's not about the weight. It's about getting healthy and I, and I deserve to be healthy. So yeah, if anyone's listening, I would just say, if there's any area of your life that you are not happy in, figure out what your belief is behind that. Another one that's huge, especially for women, is around money. And, you know, for the longest time, this is what I'm, I'm working on myself right now, feeling that, you know, people with a lot of money are bad people. That's a limiting belief. Or um, if you're rich, you will likely, you know, for me, for faith, right? Let's just say that you can't get to heaven if you're rich or something like that, right? We create these um, connections in our brain based on things we've heard our family say. Maybe you've heard your family say, well, money just doesn't grow on trees. And so you've created the belief that money is hard to come by. So when you look at your bank account and you're like, holy cow, I'm in so much debt or, you know, they're seeing a lot of like zeros and not the zeros on the direction I want to see them. <laughs> um, maybe you have a limiting belief around money. And so I actually have an entire um, free ebook that I give away on my website. So if anyone's listening and they want to really dig into this, you can go to my website, nextlevelconfident.com forward slash confidence muscle. And there's a free resource there for you that will help you overcome your limiting beliefs and really dive deep into what are the fears that I'm experiencing and how are they holding me back? Love it. Everyone like ding, 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 go check that out. Cause already when you're saying that, I'm like, what am I limiting myself at right now? And I'm sure there are all things that we can work on. Yeah. And I think a lot of people live so busy in their day-to-day -day life. We have so much daily stress. You have all these emails coming in, you have work, you have your family, you have food to eat and you have, there's so much going on. How often do you actually step back and look at your life from like a I guess a bird's eye view from up on top, right? And like look down and be like, am I happy with the trajectory of my life? Because that's part of the problem is that we're so busy living our day to day that we don't even give ourselves the time to reflect and to think about, am I happy with my life 
in every category of my life. And yes, you can have it all. That's the other limiting belief, right? Is, well, of course I'm successful in my career, but I don't need a good relationship or I don't, marriage, I don't believe in that, right? We, we create ultimatums. You can have either or. No, you can have both. You can have both. I love that. I'm like ready to go now. Like, okay, cool. Let's go get it all. I would love to hear about the transition of like hustling and grinding and then like building your own business because jumping off into a new job or a new business is always hard and scary for anyone, but you were also in a new place and it's an entire, entirely different industry. So what were your fears and how did you combat that? Wow. Really good question, Abby. I love that. I had a lot of fears. Yeah, I moved to, to San Diego without any friends or family. I met some roommates online and had no job. And I really had nothing. I had like $3,000 in my bank account. And some of the fears that came up, I mean, I guess it was just hard. I would say the fears were pretty much gone at that point because my belief system had shifted. So one of the things I always say is that your beliefs lead to your thoughts your thoughts lead to your actions and your actions lead to your results. And so if you shift your beliefs, then you're able to see the results you want in your life. And so I would say during that time, my belief muscle was really strong. Like I, I, I had a fresh fire about me that said my life matters and I'm going to act as if my life matters. But that doesn't mean it wasn't hard because I didn't know anyone and it sucked working minimum wage at a front desk at a gym where people treated you like you were a peasant, basically. <laughs> so I cried a lot. I mean, there were times I'd be driving somewhere. I remember one time driving and I was crying so hard. I had to pull over because I was, couldn't see anything with all the like mess of tears. And I remember I saw a shooting star right then. Yeah. And I was like, okay, God, I feel you. <laughs> so I, I guess it's going to be for anyone who's listening right now that, that is thinking about making a shift, be that in once again, there are so many different shifts that can happen. You could be moving to a new city because you've always dreamed of moving somewhere else. I'm a huge believer in that it might be a shift in your career, going from one job to another or quitting your job and starting your business. It could be a shift in relationship. Maybe you're dating someone that you shouldn't be with and it's time to let them go. Those shifts are never easy, but one thing I always remind myself of is this silly little thing I heard at a conference. It's um, short-term smiley face equals long-term sad face. So that means if you stay happy for the short-term, you'll be sad in the long-term. And then on the flip side, short-term sad face equals long-term happy face. So your short-term discomfort will be worth it in the end when you're happier. So I think I just picture the future me a lot and it gets me excited. I'm like, okay, well, you know, when you have that best-selling book or when you are speaking to thousands of women on a stage, helping them become the most confident version of themselves, I just have to visualize the future and it gets me through some of the hard times because there still are hard times. I mean, even two and a half years into my business, there are still, I still cry at least probably two to three times a month about my business specifically. Like, crying and my husband is like another entrepreneur breakdown I'm like yes yes I'm ugly crying hold me <laughs> and I wanted to dive in to your specialty confidence specifically I wanted to because this is working girl talk so we're all about helping women in the workplace 
what have you seen as like a confidence barrier in job interviews? Like, I guess, how can a woman feel more confident in a job interview? Yeah, I love that question. So just a few quick little tips. I'm really big in eye contact. So I believe that making really secure eye contact, it feels kind of awkward, but really look people in the eyeballs and, and maybe a little longer than you think is comfortable. I always think of myself as like, this sounds weird. I'll just say it. Like I'm a leopard, right? I'm wearing this leopard shirt. And I think of myself as like this predator. And I'm like, I am the winner. And I will look at this person in the eyeballs because to me, like it just comes off powerful. And I know I can intimidate sometimes people with it, but I don't know if this is the best advice. I'd rather come off slightly intimidating, especially to a boss or, I mean, cause a boss is usually not going to be intimidated by you, but I would rather come off like really confident with a lot of eye contact than to be shifting my eyes and looking down a lot. The next one is a firm handshake. My parents have always taught me like you stick out that hand and you shake it. Like once again, I would rather come off a little too aggressive in my handshake of a firm squeeze than to come off with like a really light handshake. So these are like kind of manly type things, which I know sounds weird, but these are the things that are happening in the workplace. And unfortunately the workplace is very male, not necessarily male dominated all the time, but there is a lot of masculine energy there. And so I think it's okay to bring some of that within yourself. That doesn't mean you have to be someone else, but bring that direct eye contact, bring the handshake, and then for me, another one is the posture. So pull your shoulders back, hold your head high. Um, your back should be in a nice straight line. Really think about your posture. I love, there's a TED Talk by Amy Cuddy that talks about power posing. And so for those of you who have not seen it, it talks about how our posture can actually change our hormones. So it not only changes how other people view us, it also changes how we view ourselves. And so so important that you show up now you don't have to go into an interview with a power pose that would be pretty weird but hold yourself big you know try not to cross your arms try not to cross your legs it feels kind of awkward to just let your hands like rest on the side but let them while you pull those shoulders back so those are some very practical tips the other one is truly just be yourself I think that sometimes before interviews we psych ourselves out because we want to be so impressive and we we practice so much being a certain type of person. And so yes, do the direct eye contact, have the good posture, do the, the handshake, even if those aren't supernatural for you. And be yourself. Like the employer just wants a human being. And I, I think, and I have actually heard numerous hiring managers talk about how they don't hire people because they didn't feel connection with them. They don't hire people because the person came in there and tried to act like a robot. They don't want a robot. So get in there and be yourself. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to stumble over your words. I mean, think about me right now on this podcast. How many times have I stuttered or said the word like or so or all these things you're not supposed to do. And here I am doing them. And here I you are. Here. 
listening to the podcast. <laughs> and so it's not about being perfect. It's really about being yourself and showing up authentically as yourself. I love the Enneagram. I think it's a really powerful personality test. Are you an Enneagram person, Abby? I am. And that's actually on my list to discuss with you. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, this is so exciting. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> so I'm an eight, which is the challenger. So I am kind of a, a dominant type anyway. Um, and that's my personality. So I don't expect you, if you're someone else, if you're a, a two or a whatever, a three or five, I don't expect you to be like me, but go in there and be you the best you can be. There's no reason to try to emulate someone who has a completely different personality style from you because that's not who you are. And, and then the last thing I would say that goes hand in hand with that is this interview is not them against you. It's a two-way interview. Go in there with the mentality of I'm a valuable asset that I want to see, do I want to work for this company? Have questions ready for them. Are they going to have a good enough culture for the type of culture you want? Is your manager going to be a good leader for you and help you grow as an individual? Are they going to support your work-life balance? So this is a two-way street. And I just had some coaching calls today with some women about this exact topic where we often think, oh, I'm just desperate for a job, especially if you've lost your job recently because of COVID. So your first thought might be, oh, I just need a new job. I'll take anything I can get. Well, first of all, desperation does not look good in an interview. And second of all, you shouldn't be desperate because you are a valuable asset. They would be lucky to have you on their team. And I think you should go into the interview acting as such. Yes, I love that. I think we forget about that all the time that like you're interviewing them too. Like, own that. So I'm so glad you said that. I love that. And I love that most of these tips can be applied to like virtual interviewing as well. Like eye contact, super important. I would say even more so in like a virtual interview, since that's pretty popular right now because of what's going on in the world. Like they need to know you're paying attention and not looking at texts or anything else on your screen. So those are all awesome tips. Ooh, I have one more, one more to throw in yeah. and that's breathing. I often, when I get really nervous, I hold my breath. And that's part of the reason why I, had, I can have neck and shoulder pain is because I have really shallow breathing, especially when I'm really intensely working on something. My husband called me out on it because apparently I was like, <laughs> which is really awkward. Um, <laughs> so I know like even on this podcast right now, right? I'm excited. This is so fun. I know people are going to be listening to this. So whenever Abby especially takes the mic, I'm like, okay, Janelle, take a breath. And I go, and I just remind myself, you know, quietly, because I don't want to seem like I'm doing something weird while Abby's talking. But if you actually pay attention to what's happened this entire podcast, I've been doing that this whole time. And I think it's really valuable during an interview when you're nervous to just keep taking breaks and doing the biggest inhale and exhale you can and relax the stomach relax the shoulders, relax, and breathing helps you relax. Since you brought it up, I would love to talk about the Enneagram. So I'm a three, so I feel like we have similar energy, like both like the really goal-oriented. Um, so how has the Enneagram helped you in coaching and just like interacting with people like in workplace scenarios? I think the Enneagram has helped me understand myself better, first and foremost, which is really important. I used to think something was wrong with me because I'm so intense. 
and people would tell me that I'm a lot to handle. And I think we get messages throughout our life, especially as women, of either too much or not enough, and sometimes a combo of both. And so for me, it's helped me not be so hard on myself, and it's helped me understand how I can grow more. And then as far as understanding other people's Enneagram, um, it's easy for me to think that I'm always right, unfortunately. And now that I know the Enneagram, when I, when I understand every different number and how we all work together, it helps me hear other people's point of view more. And it helps me honestly be less judgy because when someone starts to think a certain way, my first thought is like, why are you thinking like that? Are you like, what, what, where did you come up with this, you know? And so the more you understand each number, and I'm getting pretty good at the point where I can usually type people pretty quickly, or at least get to like one or two numbers, and immediately it helps me have more understanding for them and for their ways of being. And when they do something that I would never do, I'm like, oh, but that person's a four, like, they're really in their feels and good for them. I love that they're feeling all those emotions. That's cool, you know? And it just allows me to have more grace for other people. Uh, with my husband and I, he's a three also. And so um, a three and an eight together bring a lot of intensity <laughs> and <laughs> can be workaholics. And so I think it's really helpful if you're in a relationship to know your Enneagram and then your, your partner's Enneagram because you can look out for the pitfalls because in any relationship, it's, it's not a matter of if, it's more like when, and it's good to be aware of the pitfalls that could happen between two people. And I think the same thing for work, like knowing your boss's Enneagram or knowing some of your coworkers' Enneagram. In fact, at some of the companies I've worked at, we've had org charts based on uh, Myers-Briggs, and I would think an org chart on Enneagram would be really, really cool as well. And if you could look at your team and be like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. There's an eight on the team. There's a seven on the team. And there's a Neogram specialist that can come in and do trainings at your workplace to help people understand how to collaborate well as a team. So yeah, I mean, it's just, it's helpful in collaboration and it helps me be more open and receptive to other people's ideas and ways of thinking because not everyone thinks like me. And that's actually a very, very good thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love that it can be applied to so many different scenarios and it's way fun too. So if you're listening and haven't done the quiz, you should definitely oh, yeah. do it. <laughs> you should link the, the quiz yeah. in the notes. I will. I'm going to link it. That's a great idea. So I could talk to you forever, but I know that we have, we're busy working girls, so we have stuff to do. <laughs> but um, last question before we head into the rapid question round. Who could benefit from personal development and when is it like a good time to hire a personal development coach? Because I think sometimes we don't know. It's like, oh, like that's not for me, but it's probably for more people than they realize. So if you want to talk about that. Yeah, I think any time and every time is a good time to hire a coach. <laughs> um, I try to invest in myself at least twice a year in something that's either a coach or continuing education. Um, yeah, as some sort of like big conference where I know I'm going to get a lot of value out of it. So to me, it's a constant thing. I don't, I don't think there'll ever be a time in my life that I don't have something, some form of accountability, 
some form of someone who's further along in me in life in a certain area that I look up to them who can help um, give me the give me the tools. Like I'm hungry to grow and I'm hungry for learning. So if you're listening to this and you're the kind of person who's hungry for growth, you want to take your life to the next level. And I don't think you even have to be feeling like mundane or you don't have to be feeling down in the dumps. I mean, that that's a really great time too, to hire a coach or, or again, a therapist would be good. Yeah. And my personal belief, any time is a good time if you're a the type of person who wants to grow and especially shine light in areas that, you know, otherwise wouldn't have light shined in them. It's easier for someone who's further ahead of you to look at your life and be like, okay, here are your blind spots. And it's very helpful to have someone who is walking a really beautiful walk shine light into your blind spots because you're like, oh shoot, that sucked to hear. And I don't like knowing that about myself, but now I do because now I can change them and now I can grow. And I want, I want it all. I want an incredible life. I want, I want to experience everything and I want to help as many people as possible. So to me, hiring a coach is just, it's, you just got to do it just all the time. <laughs> Keep pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. That's awesome. And I liked that you mentioned like, oh, a, either a conference or something like that. If somebody does want to start out a little bit smaller too, because there's a lot of options out there, but I think that you're so right and that it's never the wrong time to keep growing and wanting to better your mindset and yourself. So love that. totally. And, and I will say before I ever went to a conference or hired a coach, I started with podcasts. I was always listening to podcasts every single day. I forgot what music even was. I was just like, podcast baby um and i was growing like crazy and then that's what got me to my first conference and then at my i went to a few conferences and then i started hiring coaches and the investment level started going up and up and up and up so like at first it was just books and podcasts then it went to conferences that were you know a couple hundred bucks and then it went to hiring coaches that were thousands of dollars and and the investment i just started to be like you know what i am the best asset there is like my health, my mindset, my well-being. If I'm the best version of myself, then I can be an asset to the rest of the world, but I got to take care of me first. And, and so I know investing myself is worth it. Like we spend all this money on cars or houses or all these external things that aren't going to necessarily take your life to the next level. So to me, investing in a coach or investing in yourself is the best investment you can have. That is awesome. And I think it is time for us to head into the Working Girl Talk top 10. First one, my first job ever. Probably babysitting or, or a lifeguard. First thing I do in the morning when I wake up. I do not look at my phone. I do not look at any screens. I go to the bathroom and I make my bed. Next one, I'm obsessed with blank right now. That could be a song, a show, whatever. I'll be honest, the first thing that came to my mind was Frankie, my husband. I'm very obsessed with him right now. Favorite skincare, beauty, or self-care product? Probably right now native deodorant because I went natural on my deodorant and I tried lots of deodorants and I'm kind of a sweaty person and native was the only one that helped me go natural and not smell bad. Favorite account to follow on Instagram? That's so hard. What is I my know. favorite account? It's a tough one. I know. Like my first gut reaction was Rachel Hollis, though I'll say lately been a little bit less of a fan due to certain things, but um, 
I'll, I'll keep it. I'll say Rachel Hollis. She's still awesome. <laughs> I have blank at my desk always. Water. Always drinking water. Your girl loves water. Huge believer. Changes your life. Best advice you've ever received? Probably from my mentor that, that night that I shared my biggest limiting belief. And he said, God created you with a purpose. And I truly believe that for every single individual listening to this podcast right now. If no one has ever told you this, you are created with a purpose. Favorite book, resource, or podcast, some sort of media that's had an impact on you that you'd want to share? The most recent one, I mean, I, I listen to so many podcasts. I read so many books. I, I'm just love learning now. I used to tell myself I hate learning because I wasn't a natural school person, but now I, I realize I do love learning just in a different way than the, the classroom. Um, probably the thing I've been listening to the most on repeat is You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. I am listening to it for the third or fourth time through at this point. I just listen to it on Audible every shower, basically. And yeah, I'm doing a lot of that money mindset work. So it's been, it's been a great journey. Proudest moment as a business owner. I think my proudest moment was when I launched the confidence workshop and I launched that back in November and I hosted a, a live workshop at my apartment complex in Denver. Cause I was living in Denver at the time. And I got a videographer there, a photographer, and I basically built out my entire website based on that workshop. And then that is the workshop that I now bring to corporations, the confidence workshop, which you can also check out on my website, nextlevelconfident.com. And um, yeah, I just felt really good to host my first workshop. I had hosted lots of workout meetups and it was cool, but it wasn't quite my passion. And one of my limiting beliefs was that I needed to stay in fitness because that was what I was, you know, more qualified in, or that's because I had more experience there. And so when I finally gave myself permission to fully move into mindset and confidence, and I hosted my first confidence workshop and it was like 25 women, it wasn't, you know, some huge group or anything, but it was a really incredible group of women. And I loved speaking and, and I got a lot of really good feedback and then I brought it to corporations and I've gone to speak for all these other companies. And so I was really proud of myself for, I was so scared. I was sweating. I was smelly. This seems to be a theme. Um, <laughs> I was chugging water. No, um, <laughs> but I was proud of myself for doing it instead of, you know, analysis paralysis, thinking about doing it, but never actually doing it. So I was proud of myself for taking action. Love. And last one, I'm inspired by blank. I'm inspired by, first thing that comes to mind is God. I'm inspired by my faith in God and the way that he has big plans for everyone's life and he's working everything together for our good. And even when hard stuff like COVID is happening and there's a lot of uncertainty and un you know, non-solid ground. I guess that's how you'd say that non-solid ground. I, I still feel peace and I still feel security because of my faith in God. So I'm inspired by that. Awesome. And you survived the top 10. So you made <laughs> <Loved> it. <laughs> and where can everyone follow you? Keep up with you. Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram. It's at Janelle Lene, and you can go to my website, nextlevelconfident.com. And if you want to add me on LinkedIn, I'm there. You can add me on Facebook. I'm there. 
I'll add you wherever. So feel free to reach out to me if you have any similar limiting beliefs or if you want to work through limiting beliefs. I'm your girl. I love to talk to you about that so you can build that confidence muscle, not just fake confidence, but real confidence that's deep inside of you. So yeah, thank you so much, Abby, for having me. I really, really appreciate it. You have great questions. I'm very impressed. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Thanks so much for listening to my interview with Janelle, my Friday favorite this week. So at the end of every episode, if you're new to the show, I do a Friday favorite. So that's a quote, a show, a book, a food, anything that is just a Friday favorite that you need to check out. So this week is a quote from the book. It's not how good you are. It's how good you want to be by Paul Arden. And it is a great book. It's super short. Definitely check it out. But a quote in there is, your vision of where or who you want to be is the greatest asset you have. Without having a goal, it's difficult to score. There is some inspo for your day. Make sure you have a vision for where you want to be, even if it's just your vision for tomorrow or next week. Keep on having goals so you know exactly where you're going and where you want to go. Love it. If anything resonated with you today, please copy the link to this episode, send it to a friend, send it to somebody who needs it, screenshot the episode while you're listening, share it to your story, tag at Janelle Lene and tag at Working Girl Talk so we can see what you think of the episode. We love to see you listening. Also, if you haven't yet, like I said in the beginning, please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe to the show so you can be alerted as soon as we post new episodes because sometimes Apple, if you use Apple Podcasts, they don't tell you until like 24 hours later, which is crazy. So make sure to subscribe so you get the alert right when an episode is dropped and make sure to review and rate the show five stars. So one, I can hear what you think about the show, but also so Apple likes us and shows us to more people. Thank you so, so much. Every review means the world. I read all of them and you have no idea what that means. So thank you so much for listening to Working Girl Talk. I will talk to you next week.